This podcast is brought to you in partnership with Speak Studios and Speak Boise. Speak Boise is a community-driven studio space where voices from all walks of life can speak and be heard. You can find them on Instagram and Facebook at Speak Studios, Speak Boise, and at their website, speakstudios.com. Speak Studios. Speak and be heard. This podcast is also brought to you by Instant Imprints. Promote better with Instant Imprints. Instant Imprints are Boise's visual communications experts and your place for everything you need to promote your business, club, school, or group. As a locally owned business, Instant Imprints specializes in making your organization more visible with custom branded apparel, embroidery, promotional items, print services, and wide format printing for signs, as well as banners and vehicle graphics. Want better ways to get noticed? You better visit Instant Imprints at instantimprints.com slash Boise or call 208-IMPRINT. That is 208-467-7468. Welcome to Armed with Truth, a podcast for youth. I'm your host, Lisa Bruneal. My goal here is to empower the youth of today to become a sin-resistant generation. You youth are bombarded by Satan's temptations on every side, especially when it comes to immorality, lust, and pornography. I want to talk about truths that can strengthen you, safeguard you, and bring greater power into your life through the Savior Jesus Christ. Let's get started and be armed with truth. Today's episode is all about truths surrounding lust, Satan's counterfeit to intimacy. Ask yourself, what is Heavenly Father's personal message for me right now in this podcast? The Holy Ghost will testify to you of the exact message Heavenly Father has for you right now today. The purpose of this entire podcast is to arm you with truths that will strengthen you in the fight against lust, immorality, and pornography. If you want to be armed against any kind of sexual temptation, we have to address the one thing that is at the very heart of all of them, and that one thing is lust. We need to seek to understand it, become aware of it, both around us and inside of us, strengthen ourselves against it, and learn how to rid it from our lives. There are many things we can be tempted to lust after, money, food, power, possession, status, but in today's episode, we will focus on sexual lust. There is a stereotype out there that this lust is only a problem for men and boys, but that is simply not true. The temptation of lust absolutely affects women and girls as well, and Satan, in his clever and subtle ways, hides the temptation of lust in places we may not even recognize. So let's just level the playing field right here and now for all of us by saying that we are all susceptible to lust. Boys, girls, men, women, from the young to the old, regardless of race, age, gender, sexual orientation, or any other category. As we talk today, I hope that you will be able to recognize the ways that lust personally affects you. 
Gaining power over lust and becoming sin-resistant to its destructive power requires us to look at it closely, openly, and honestly. We can think of it once again like a battlefield. In order to fight and combat opposing forces, it's important to understand the tactics and strategies of the opposing side. Many times in war, there are spies given just this job. They do all they can to learn about the tactics and strategies of the opponents and then bring that information back to the rest of the army. This education helps everyone fight smarter, stronger, and better. Such it is in our fight against Satan. The more we learn about his tactics, the more we understand his strategies, the smarter, stronger, and better that we can fight him. In episode two of this podcast, we learned that the physical and hormonal changes of puberty, as well as the development of strong feelings of attraction and sexual desires, are all part of Heavenly Father's divine design. These gifts help us to prepare for sexual intimacy within the bonds of marriage. But intimacy is more than just sex. It is not only important in marriage, it is important in any close relationship. And the desire to develop close relationships with others is also part of our divine design. Humans yearn for deep relationships, and there are several kinds of intimacy that can enhance any deep relationship. Emotional intimacy happens in a relationship when you feel safe and comfortable to share your thoughts and feelings, your fears, dreams, and disappointments with another person. Intellectual intimacy exists when you can share your true opinions, the things that you believe and your viewpoint with another person and know that your differences will be respected. Experiential intimacy is created as you share experiences with others, such as making fun memories, spending time together, and creating inside jokes. And spiritual intimacy occurs when you can share important and sacred spiritual experiences and thoughts with another person. Each of these types of intimacy take work and time to learn and to build in a relationship. In fact, this learning about relationships and intimacy will continue our entire lives. And true sexual intimacy is best when it includes these other types of intimacy. True sexual intimacy isn't just about the physical act of sex. Yes, it is the closest physical connection that we can make with another person, and that alone is exciting and exhilarating. But if that is all that exists, the excitement is over as soon as the act, and we are left empty, wanting, and searching for more. We miss out on the most beautiful parts. When we combine the other forms of intimacy with sexual intimacy, the act of sex becomes not only exciting and exhilarating, but a deep and lasting connection that leaves us feeling strengthened and filled by each other. I want to switch our thinking now from intimacy to some of the truths about Satan, the master deceiver. Satan does not have the power to create. That means he can't just create sin and temptation from nothing. Instead, Satan takes the things that God has created and God's truths, and he attacks them, changes them, twists them, and distorts them until they become something entirely different, something he can use to deceive us and destroy our souls. I want you to remember this deceit and his twisting of truth while you listen to a story. First of all, have you ever made wheat gum? 
It's something that we used to do as kids. You get a small handful of hard wheat kernels, pop them in your mouth, and start chewing. If you can keep from swallowing the kernels in your mouth and keep chewing, the wheat gluten actually binds together and makes gum. Sometimes it takes a few handfuls because you end up swallowing too many of your kernels and you have to add more. If you haven't tried it, it's kind of fun. My dad's name is Al. When he was a little boy, he lived on a farm. They had cows, chickens, pigs, and his family grew different crops. One of these crops was wheat. So my dad grew up chewing wheat kernels and making this wheat gum, and I guess he passed that little trick on to his kids. He had a little sister, just a year and a half younger than him, named Maxine. We all call her Max, and I love my Aunt Max. She's really fun and really amazing. When they were both pretty young, less than five years old, they were out in the garage and they found a big bag of wheat. They knew what wheat was and they were familiar with eating it and chewing it, so they were already interested. But this wheat was special. It was even better, even more attractive, because it was colored pink. They sat down and started eating and ate and ate and ate until they were discovered by their mom. This is where it got a little crazy because, you see, when you grow wheat, you plant wheat that has been treated for germinating and the treatment colors the wheat pink. So what they thought was pink, delicious candy wheat was actually poisonous treated wheat. When their mama discovered them out there in the garage, eating to their heart's content, she panicked. She brought them inside and gave them both a glass of milk, hoping that would help. Then she rushed them to the doctor's office. The doctor started with Al because he was bigger and likely had eaten more of the poisonous wheat. They had to pump his stomach to get the wheat out, and then little Max had to go through the same treatment. Luckily, both kids survived to have many more fun and mischievous adventures, some that really, honestly, even continue to this day. In this story, the wheat looked familiar and good, and the pink color of the treatment made it look even more delicious. But the wheat was actually not what the children thought. It was poisonous. They were deceived. Remember Satan's technique of deceit? In a very similar way, he takes our natural desires for deep and intimate connection with others and twists and distorts them in calculated and precise ways, giving us instead something that severely harms our spirits, lust. Lust is Satan's counterfeit to intimate connection with others. He loves to reduce relationships and connections with others to be only about sex and then he further degrades sexual intimacy into an experience that is only focused on passions, bodies, uncontrollable desires, and erotic rush. This is nothing like the intimacy that we talked about earlier, the kind of relationships where you are safe, safe to share everything about yourself. No, this is lust, and lust is void of all the good. It is void of sharing emotion, intellect, experiences, and spirituality. It is void of the beauty and truth surrounding our bodies and physical attraction, the beauty and the truth surrounding true and lasting love and sexual intimacy. Lust does not promote deep and lasting connections and relationships. It is self-serving and self-gratifying. Truly, 
Satan is the master deceiver. When I think of the word lust, I think of overpowering desire, longing, craving, wanting, or wishing for something so bad that it becomes an obsession. I love this quote from an article in the Enzyme by Joshua J. Perkey. He defines lust as desiring things contrary to God's will or desiring to possess things in a manner that is contrary to his will, and it leads to unhappiness. I love that quote because it reveals the real problem with lust. The real problem is what lust does to our relationship with God. Lust pits what we want against what God wants us to have. And we already know that God loves us and he wants our personal happiness. This is, after all, his whole work and glory to help us live in the plan of happiness. So what he wants us to have will lead us to happiness. And what is Satan's work and glory? It is to separate us from God. What better way than tempting us to want something that God doesn't want us to have? To me, this is the most important thing to understand about lust. It separates us from God. And furthermore, because of the sacred truths that sexual lust targets, it likely separates us from God faster and more effectively than almost anything else. Because of its devastating effects, Satan literally surrounds us with lust. In this podcast, we've already compared the river of filth spoken of in Lehi's dream to sexual temptations. That river has crested over its banks and become a literal tidal wave. Sexual temptations really are everywhere, and living in today's world means that we are literally swimming with these dark waters swirling around us. We will all experience the temptation of sexual lust at some time or another, and likely, we will all experience it multiple times. Satan is stealthy, cunning, and crafty, and he lures us into sexual sin at a slow and steady pace, often imperceptibly. This slow and steady pace can sweep us up in the tidal wave of filth, sometimes without us even knowing that we are wet. Satan's temptations of lust begin with small and seemingly insignificant thoughts and acts. Things like participating in inappropriate jokes and conversations, passionate make-out sessions, lingering on immodest social media posts, reading tantalizing romantic novels, watching movies that contain sexual content, listening to explicit music, and obsessing about others' bodies. These things may seem harmless, things that we can get away with because they really aren't that bad, but they are the beginnings of Satan's carefully mapped out path to sadness and regret. This path has been precisely and specifically designed for us, and these seemingly small thoughts and actions of lust lead us to bigger and more serious thoughts and actions including sexual fantasy, taking and sharing inappropriate or naked pictures, acts of sexual immorality, pornography use, and masturbation. The small, seemingly insignificant acts lead us to more because lust is progressive. It can never be satisfied. It is pervasive and relentless, and opportunities to lust surround us. Sure, at first it seems exciting and exhilarating, but it leaves us empty and alone. Lust can eventually become an addiction with the power to literally take over our minds, to change the way we view others, the way we view ourselves, and even the way we view the world. 
So obviously the most damaging way Satan destroys us with lust is to tempt us to lust after others, right? I mean, we can all think of examples like that all day long. King David in the Bible lusting after Bathsheba, Corianton in the Book of Mormon going after the harlot Isabel, even modern politicians and movie stars or people in our own schools. But remember, Satan is cunning and crafty and can even swirl the waters of lust around us so stealthily that we don't even know we are wet. This stealth is definitely the case with another form of lust that is very common and a temptation that is great to all of us. It is the desire to be lusted after. While it may seem less obvious, it is no less damaging to our spirits, and again, we are all susceptible to its lure. We experience this type of lust when we want our bodies to be lusted after sexually, or when we want our bodies to be compared to the bodies of others and desired more. This desire to be lusted after comes out in many different behaviors, obsessing about our bodies and appearance, endlessly comparing our bodies and our body parts to the bodies and body parts of others, trying to alter our bodies to be more sexy or desirable, looking at others as just bodies, dressing immodestly, being sexually suggestive in our actions and attitudes, flirting inappropriately, sending, posting, or texting sexual messages, images, or pictures. All of these and many other behaviors call attention to our own bodies and the bodies of others as objects, mere objects of lust. This form of lust can consume our thoughts and also control our words and actions if we allow it to. And Satan masks this form of lust by masterfully and often imperceptibly twisting truth. He tempts us to lose sight of the sacredness of our bodies and degrade them to mere objects, objects to display or flaunt in front of others, objects to gain the lust of those around us. How have you personally been affected by this form of lust? Growing up, I was an avid basketball player. I spent literally hundreds of hours through my childhood and teenage years practicing, playing on basketball teams, shooting at the backyard hoop and pickup games. It was a big part of my youth, and I really, really loved it. The summer before high school, I went to a week-long basketball camp with a good friend. Basketball camps were so awesome. We stayed in college dorms, away from our parents, away from anyone telling us what to do. We ate anything we wanted on the campus cafeteria, stayed up into the wee hours of the night, and we played basketball till our bodies ached. One night, my friend and I lay awake, talking into the late hours of the night. The topic turned to another friend that we both had in common. This friend had gone a bit wild the previous school year and had several sexual encounters that were widely known. Her new activities had created quite a stir, and she had gotten a reputation, especially with the guys. Unfortunately, at this age, the resulting admiration and attention from all the guys looked pretty dang good. It seemed like she could have any guy she wanted. As my friend and I talked that night, she revealed to me that she had made a decision for herself. She had decided that she was going to change her lifestyle to become more like this girl. She talked about how she was tired of not getting as much attention from the guys. She wanted to be wanted, 
and she had decided that the wilder lifestyle was the best way to go about it. I remember lying awake for a long time after she fell asleep, just kind of shocked by our conversation and her decision. I don't remember whether or not I tried to persuade her otherwise. I just really remember being so blown away by her decision. As the years went on, I watched this girl live out the plans that she had made that night at basketball camp. She too became sexually active and popular with all the guys. And sure, on the outside, it looked really appealing to be like her. But lust wreaked havoc and sadness in her life. And I, knowing what I had learned previously, literally watched her change from someone who radiated fun and goodness to someone who was torn up inside by the false promises of Satan. Both forms of lust, lusting after others and the desire to be lusted after, are void of love, commitment, and joy. Lust captures our attention with the intriguing and tantalizing, but in the end, leaves us empty and alone. Lust fosters a desire for sexual experiences where both boys and girls can fantasize and use and consume others as objects for their own instant gratification. Lust encourages domination over others in demeaning and degrading ways, and Satan coats all of these twisted forms of sexual intimacy in a candy pink coating, making it seem as though lustful acts and behaviors are the way to experience real pleasure, to have fun, be popular, get friends, and be wanted and desired by others. From the outside, it really does look like a guaranteed way to achieve instant happiness. But we can rest assured in truth. In the end, lust brings only sadness, sorrow, emptiness, and regret. We cannot risk falling prey to Satan's sexual temptations. We cannot allow Satan to separate us from God and block us from his blessings, ultimately his blessing of eternal life. After such a close and honest look at lust, the fight can feel overwhelming. But while you do need to be aware of lust and its power and presence, you do not have to become prisoner to its chains. The whole purpose of the episodes in this podcast are to strengthen you in this fight, to empower you to become sin-resistant to these temptations, and to arm you with truth. We're going to talk about many truths that will bring you added power and many different ways to gain strength for this fight in future podcast episodes, but I want to give you a way to start right now today. First, pray for help from Heavenly Father. Pray that you might be able to notice the ways that lust affects you. Then listening to the promptings of the Spirit, look for lust in your own heart. This may require you to strip away some of your pride. Remember when I said that lust affects all of us? So be willing to look closely openly and honestly at yourself. Look for the times when you are desiring someone or something that is not in line with God's will. Look for the ways you objectify others. Look for the ways you reduce your opportunities for connection with others to just a focus on their bodies. Look for the ways you are trying to attract the lust of others and the ways you are focusing on your own body. Awareness is the first step. Then, as you begin to see it in yourself, don't shame or degrade yourself for it. Instead, pray for help to change, to eliminate lust from your life, and to replace it with God's true desire for you. 
His desire for you is to take opportunities for real connection with others, to learn about relationships, and to practice the behaviors that will help you in your future relationships. He wants you to gain the ability to form strong and intimate connections when you are older, specifically an intimate and beautiful relationship with a spouse. True Christ-like loving connection with others is the opposite of lust. Seek to replace the lust in your heart and life with Christ-like love and connection with others. And then keep listening because we will cover so much more on this topic in this podcast. Today's truth takeaways. Sexual lust affects all of us. Heavenly Father wants us to seek deep and intimate connections with others. Satan takes God's truth and God's creations and distorts and twists them into something harmful. Lust is Satan's counterfeit to intimate connection with others. Lust separates us from God. True Christ-like love and connection with others are the opposite of lust. We can overcome lust in our lives with the help of our Heavenly Father. Let's return to our first question. What is the personal message that God has for you today? Is he inviting you to learn more about a specific truth to make a change or take a specific action? As you act on the truths that you have learned today, greater power will come into your life, the power and strength to follow Jesus Christ. I can't wait to hear what you do. You can let me know on Facebook and Instagram at Armed With Truth Podcast. Keep coming back. Heavenly Father has so much more in store for you here on Armed With Truth. Attention, Idaho and California residents. If you're shopping for a mortgage, you should get in contact with PacFi, a mortgage brokerage with the top wholesale lenders in the nation. And they're committed to simplifying the mortgage process that saves you time and money. If you want to get in touch with them, you can call 858-442-7048 or visit their website at pacfi.com. NMLS number 1462943, equal housing lender. Thanks for joining me here today on Armed with Truth. As we learn truth together, we become more valiant disciples of the Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, a stronger part of his battalion, and a truly sin-resistant generation.